Welcome back, listeners, to Storytime Anytime for You. We're going to continue Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll, picking up this book at Chapter 4, The Rabbit Sends in a Little Bill. It was the white rabbit. He was walking back and forth, looking anxiously around him as if he had lost something. He kept saying to himself, The Duchess! The Duchess! Oh, my dear paws! Oh, my fur and whiskers! She'll have me executed, that's for sure! Where could I have dropped them? Alice guessed that he was looking for his fan and white kid gloves, so she happily began looking for them. But they were nowhere to be found. Everything had vanished. The glass table, the little bottle, everything. Soon the rabbit noticed Alice. He called out to her angrily. Why, Mary Ann, what are you doing out here? Run inside and fetch me my gloves, quick. As Alice ran off, she thought to herself, He mistook me for his housemaid. He'll be surprised to find out who I really am. She came upon a neat little house with a brass nameplate engraved with W. Rabbit. She hurried upstairs, fearing that she would run into the real Mary Ann. She entered a tidy room and soon found a fan and three pairs of gloves on a table by the window. She picked up a pair and was about to leave the room when she spotted a glass bottle near a mirror. She opened it and thought, I know something interesting is sure to happen whenever I eat or drink anything, so I'll just see what this bottle does. I do hope when I drink this it will make me grow again. I'm so tired of being tiny. She had hardly finished off half the bottle when she found the top of her head touching the ceiling. She crouched lest she bang her head. That's enough. I don't want to grow any more. But she went on growing and growing until soon she was so big that she had to stick one arm out the window and one foot up the chimney. Oh dear, she said, what will become of me now? Luckily for Alice, the little magic bottle had now had its full effect, and she grew no larger. Still, it was very uncomfortable, and there seemed to be no chance of her ever getting out of the room again. Just then she heard a voice outside, Mary Ann, fetch me my gloves this instant. She heard the rabbit coming up the stairs. He tried to open the door, but couldn't, as Alice's elbow was pressed against it. She heard him mutter angrily, I'll go around to get in through the window. Oh, no, you won't, thought Alice. She waited until she heard the rabbit outside the window. Then she made a grab for him. She didn't catch him, but she heard a cry, a fall, and a crash of broken glass. She soon heard the rabbit calling out angrily for someone called Pat. He was asking Pat to help him get the monster out of his house. Alice waited until she heard scampering on the wall outside. Again she tried to grab. This time she heard two shrieks and more sounds of glass breaking. I wonder what they'll do next. As for pulling me out, I wish they could. She soon heard the rumbling of a cart and many voices talking at once. Alice stuck her foot as much as she could into the chimney until she heard an animal making its way downward. She then gave it a nice kick. There goes Bill, she heard everyone cry. Then the rabbit shouted, catch him by the hedge. 
There were other voices babbling away, asking Bill if he was all right. At last came a weak, squeaking voice that Alice knew must be Bill's. I'm better now, but all I know is that something came up at me like a jack-in-the-box, and up I go like a skyrocket. Alice heard a lot of moving around. She heard the rabbit say, A barrel full will do. A barrel full of what? thought Alice. In reply, a shower of pebbles came right through the window on her face. Alice noticed with surprise that the pebbles, on touching the floor, turned into little cakes. She soon thought that eating one of these cakes would definitely change her size. She picked up a cake and ate it, delighted to find out that she was shrinking immediately. As soon as she was small enough to get through the door, she ran out of the house and found a crowd of little animals and birds waiting outside. They all made a rush at Alice the moment she appeared, but she ran off as fast as she could into the woods. I, the first thing I've got to do, she said, is to get back to the right size. The second thing is to find that lovely garden. Yes, I think that's a good plan. It sounded like an excellent plan, but she had no idea how to go about it. While she was peering about anxiously among the trees, a little sharp bark just over her head made her look up in a great hurry. An enormous puppy was looking down at her with large round eyes and feebly stretching out one paw, trying to touch her. Poor little thing, said Alice, and she tried hard to whistle to it even though she was terribly frightened the whole time that it might be hungry and might eat her up. She picked up a little stick and held it out to the puppy. The puppy jumped into the air with a yelp of delight and rushed at the stick. This seemed to Alice a good opportunity for making her escape. So she set off at once and ran till she was quite tired and out of breath, until the puppy's bark sounded faint in the distance. She looked around her, but didn't see anything worth eating or drinking. She saw a rather large mushroom with a caterpillar on it. He was sitting with his arms folded, quietly smoking a hookah. He didn't seem interested in her or anything else around him. Chapter 5. Advice from a Caterpillar The caterpillar finally took the hookah out of his mouth and asked Alice in a sleepy voice, who are you? I hardly know, sir, replied Alice. I knew who I was when I woke up this morning, but I've changed so many times since then. Explain yourself, said the caterpillar. I can't explain myself, I'm afraid, because I'm not myself. Changing sizes so many times in a day can be confusing, said Alice. I think you should tell me who you are first. The caterpillar seemed to be unpleasant and not able to come up with a good answer, so she turned and started walking away. Come back, called the caterpillar. I have something to tell you. It's important. When Alice returned to him, he'd not, he told her not to get angry. Is that all? she asked, trying to control her anger. The caterpillar shook his head. So you think you've changed, have you? I'm afraid I have, sir, said Alice. "'What size do you want to be?' asked the caterpillar. 
Oh, I'm not particular to any size, Alice replied hastily. I'm just so tired of changing often, you know. I would like, though, to be a little taller than you. Three inches is such an awful height. I beg your pardon. Three inches is a very good height to be, said the caterpillar, and rose to his full three inches. He got off the mushroom and crawled into the grass. He could be heard saying, One side will make you grow taller, the other side will make you grow shorter. As Alice thought to herself, One side of what? The caterpillar replied as if she had spoken aloud. The mushroom, he said and disappeared. Alice looked at the mushroom, trying to understand which side did what. Finally, she broke off a bit of the mushroom from either side. She slowly took a bite of the piece in her right hand. The next moment, her chin struck her foot in a violent blow. Her jawline was pressed so closely to her foot that she was hardly able to open her mouth. She, however, managed to take a bite from the piece in her left hand. But she was soon dismayed to find out that she couldn't see her body anywhere below the neck. She realized that her neck had grown so much she looked like a serpent with her head stuck above the trees. Suddenly a pigeon attacked her, beating her violently with its wings. Serpent! Serpent! cried the pigeon. I'm not a serpent! cried Alice. Leave me alone. I've tried the roots of trees, the river banks, even hedges, but those serpents are always after me. I've been on the lookout for them. I haven't slept in weeks, said the distressed bird. I'm so sorry for your condition, but I'm not a serpent. I'm... I'm just a little girl, said Alice. So what does it matter if you are a girl? You're still looking for eggs, said the pigeon angrily. It matters to me, replied Alice. I'm not looking for eggs, and if I was, I wouldn't be after yours. I hate having them raw. Well, off with you then, the bird cried and settled in its nest. Alice tried to snake her neck down without entangling herself. She remembered that she still held the mushroom pieces in her hand. She started nibbling carefully one piece, then the other, until she was back to her usual height. It felt strange getting back to her normal height. There, that's done. Now, how do I get to the garden? She soon saw a house only four feet tall. She knew that she would scare those living there. So she brought herself to a height where she could enter the house. Chapter 6, Pig and Pepper Alice spent a minute looking at the house. Just then she saw a footman, elegantly dressed, running to the front door. His face looked like that of a fish. He knocked loudly until the door was opened by another footman, whose face looked like a frog's. The fish footman began by producing from under his arm a great letter, and this he handed over to the frog footman. For the Duchess, an invitation from the Queen to play croquet. Then they bowed down to each other, and their curls got entangled. Alice laughed so much at this that she had to run back into the wood for fear of them hearing her. When she next peeped out, 
the fish footman was gone and the frog footman was sitting on the ground near the door, staring stupidly up into the sky. Alice went up and timidly knocked on the door while the frog footman sat outside. There is no reason to knock, firstly, because I am outside as well, and secondly, they are making far too much noise inside to hear you, said the footman to Alice. At that moment, the door of the house opened and a large plate came skimming out straight at the footman's head. It just grazed his nose and broke to pieces against one of the trees behind him. Alice entered the house, which led to a large kitchen full of smoke. She saw the Duchess sitting on a three-legged stool, nursing a baby, while the cook was bent over a cauldron, possibly filled with soup. There is far too much pepper in the soup, I'm quite sure, said Alice, sneezing. The Duchess sneezed occasionally, the baby sneezed and howled at the same time. The only two people who weren't sneezing were the cook and a large cat, which was grinning from ear to ear. Why is your cat grinning like that? Alice asked the Duchess. He's a Cheshire cat, that's why. I didn't know Cheshire cats grinned. I didn't know cats could grin at all, said Alice. Just then the cook took the cauldron off the fire and started throwing everything within her reach at the Duchess. Vessels and iron pans hit her, and the baby was howling so much in the first place that it was difficult to say if it got hurt or not. Oh, please watch what you're doing, cried Alice. Here, you may nurse the baby if you like, said the Duchess. I must get ready to go play croquet with the with the queen. She flung the baby at Alice, who caught it with some difficulty. Then the duchess hurried out of the room. The cook threw a frying pan after her as she went out, but it just missed her. If I don't take the baby away now, they will surely hurt it in a day or two, thought Alice. The baby grunted in reply. If you turn into a pig, I will have nothing more to do with you said Alice to the baby, who grunted again. Alice looked very anxiously into its face to see what the matter with it was. There was no doubt that it was a very, it had a very turned up nose, much like a snout, than a real nose. Also, its eyes were getting extremely small for a baby. Altogether, Alice did not like the look of the baby at all, but perhaps it is only sobbing, she thought, and looked into its eyes again to see if there were any tears. Then it grunted so violently that she looked down into its face with sound alarm. This time there was no mistake about it. It was a pig, and she felt that it would be quite absurd for her to carry it further. She let the creature down and saw it trotting off into the woods. She saw the Cheshire cat grinning down at her. She asked the cat which way she should go. In that direction lives the Mad Hatter, replied the cat. In the other lives the March Hare. I must tell you that they are both mad. Oh, but I don't want to go among mad people, said Alice. That cannot be helped. We are all mad here, said the Cheshire Cat and smiled. Are you playing croquette with the Queen today? I should very much like 
to, replied Alice, but I haven't been invited. I will see you there. Saying this, the Cheshire cat disappeared. Alice soon saw the house of the March Hare. The chimneys were shaped like ears, and the roof was thatched with fur. It was so large a house that she did not like to go nearer till she had nibbled some more of the left-hand bit of mushroom and was then about two feet high. Chapter 7, A Mad Tea Party, and this will be our last chapter for this episode. There was a large table in the backyard. The Mad Hatter and the March Hare were enjoying their tea, a dormouse fast asleep between them. The other two were using it as a cushion, resting their elbows on it and talking over its head. The table was a large one, but the three were all crowded together at one corner of it. No room, no room, they cried out when they saw Alice toward them. There's plenty of room, said Alice indignantly, as she sat down in a large armchair at one end of the table. Have some tea, the March Hare said in an encouraging tone. Alice looked all around the table, but there was nothing on it. I don't see any tea. There isn't any more tea, said the March Hare. Then it wasn't very nice of you to offer it, said Alice. It wasn't very nice of you to sit down without being invited, said the March Hare. Your hair needs cutting, said the Hatter. He had been looking at Alice for some time with great curiosity, and this was his first speech. You should learn not to make personal remarks, Alice said sternly. It's very rude. The Hatter opened his eyes very wide on hearing this, but all he said was, Why is a raven like a writing desk? I think I can guess that, said Alice out, out loud. You mean you can find the answer to it? Yes. Then say what you mean, the March Hare went on. I do. At least I mean what I say. That's the same thing, you know. It is the same thing with you said the Hatter, and he poured a little hot tea on the Dormouse's nose. The Dormouse shook its head impatiently and said, without opening its eyes, Of course, of course, just what I was going to remark to myself. The party sat silent for a minute while Alice thought over all she could remember about ravens and writing desks, which wasn't much. The Hatter was the first to break the silence. What day of the month is it? he asked, turning to Alice. He had taken his watch out of his pocket and was looking at it uneasily, shaking it every now and then and holding it to his ear. Alice thought for a while and then said, The fourth. Two days wrong, the hatter sighed. I told you butter wouldn't suit the works, he added, looking angrily at the March Hare. It was the best butter the March Hare meekly replied. Yes, but some crumbs must have gotten in as well. You shouldn't have put it in with the bread knife. The March Hare took the watch and looked at it gloomily. Then he dipped it into his cup of tea and looked at it again. But he could think of nothing better to say than his first remark. It was the best butter, you know. Alice had been looking over his shoulder with some curiosity. What a funny watch, she remarked. It tells the day of the month and doesn't tell what 
o'clock it is. Have you guessed the riddle yet? The Mad Hatter asked, turning to Alice again. No, I give up. What's the answer? I haven't the slightest idea, said the Mad Hatter. Nor I, said the March Hare. You must do something better with your time rather than waste it on asking riddles with no answer, said Alice. Suppose we change the subject, the March Hare interrupted. I'm getting tired of this. I vote the young lady tell us a story. I'm afraid I don't know one, said Alice, rather alarmed at the proposal. Then the Dormouse shall, they both cried. Wake up, Dormouse. And they pinched it on both sides at once. Tell us a story. Yes, please do, pleaded Alice. And be quick about it, said the Hatter, or you'll be asleep again before it's done. Before the Dormouse could begin his story, the March Hare interrupted him. Take some more tea, the March Hare said to Alice very earnestly. I've had nothing yet, so I can't take more. You mean you can't take less. It's very easy to take more of nothing. I want a clean cup, interrupted the Hatter. Let's all move one place on. He moved on as he spoke, and the Dormouse followed him. The March Hare moved into the Dormouse's place, and Alice rather unwillingly took the place of the March Hare. The Hatter was the only one who got any advantage from the change. Alice was a good deal worse off than before, as the March Hare had just upset the milk jug into his plate. At this, Alice got up and walked off. The Dormouse fell asleep instantly, and neither of the others took the least notice of her going though she looked back once or twice. As she was walking away, she saw them trying to put the Dormouse into the teapot. That was the stupidest tea party that I've been to in my life, Alice said as she walked in the woods. Just as she said this, she noticed that one of the trees had a door leading into it. That's very curious. I think I may as well go in. And in she went. Once more she found herself in the long hall and close to the little glass table. Taking the little golden key, she unlocked the door that led into the garden. She then ate the mushroom until she was about a foot high and walked down the little passage. Finally, she found herself in the beautiful garden among the bright flower beds and the cool fountains. That's it for this episode of Storytime Anytime for You. We'll pick up Alice in, the, in Wonderland in the next episode, and we'll continue the story and see what other adventures she has. Until then, you keep having adventures in the reading that you choose to do. See you next time. <music>